morning, we want to acknowledge and honor our veterans. Um, we are so grateful uh, to you for the, the gift and the sacrifice of service, uh, for you going into harm's way so that we could have freedom in our country, in our community, in our homes, so we could be together to worship God this morning. So whether you're here in the house or you're uh, tuning in online, we want to honor you and say thank you. It would, would those who are, have served in the military or as first responders in the house, if you'd stand to your feet so that we could honor and acknowledge you this morning. Uh, there's some up in the balcony here on the main floor. Can we thank our veterans this morning? It is truly the greatest gift and the greatest sacrifice to go and to uh, put yourself in harm's way so that we can enjoy the freedoms that we enjoy every day. We had the privilege to go out uh, this past Thursday to be a part of the uh, veterans parade and the veterans uh, ceremony at the, at the memorial at Timberland Park. And it was just incredibly to be, be surrounded by so many um, amazing individuals who selfless, selflessly gave um, uh, th themselves to go and, and serve our country and to serve each and every one of us. And so we say thank you. We, we got the, uh, the opportunity to be out there. I don't know about you, but there's not too, too many better ways to honor our veterans and honor our country uh, than with, a, with an F-15 flyover, uh, only to be backed up with a 21-gun with a salute. Um, and they didn't use rifles um, they used those howitzers, those 105 rounds, those big cannons. And I'm telling you right now, when that first one went off, there was a little something inside of me that kind of jiggled loose, and I was like, whoa, okay. But it was, it was a pretty amazing time, and we were grateful to be able to celebrate our veterans. So thank you so much, um, those of you who have served. Uh, we honor you today, and we thank you. Um, just by way of announcement this morning, uh, we wanted to let you know uh, that we will be celebrating a good friend of Neighborhood Church this Saturday. Uh, we let you know a couple weeks ago that Russ Barker had gone on to be with the Lord, and Lynn has asked me to uh, let you know that uh, Russ's Celebration of Life service will be this Saturday um, from 2 to 4 p.m. in the Commons, and so it's just going to be a, uh, just a time of, of reception and refreshment uh, where uh, we can all just enjoy and celebrate uh, Russ's life, and there'll be some family and friends that will be sharing a little bit um, on the family's behalf. If you would be praying for Lynn and the family um, in, in these uh, next couple weeks, I know they would greatly appreciate that, um, so thank you. You know, these last uh, couple weeks, we've been uh, talking about the power of thanks. We've been in this conversation, really breaking it down, what it means to live our lives with thanksgiving what it means to embrace every moment of every day with a, a heart of gratitude. And we've, we've kind of unpacked a couple different things over the last couple weeks. That we've talked about the importance of, of giving thanks regardless of our situation or our circumstances. That fa thankfulness is, is not predicated on everything going right, but that we're truly called to be thankful um, in every moment. And then last week we talked about um, the reality that true joy really comes from a, a heart of thankfulness and gratitude. Um, that we can live our lives in, in, in joy and praise and worship when our heart is thankful. And so as we continue on today, I, I, uh, 
I have to ask this question. Have you ever stopped to wonder what the, the world would look like if we all decided that, that thankfulness was really not all that important? Maybe just, just unnecessary altogether? Do you think maybe our world would look a little different? Or maybe it wouldn't look all that different? Because we find ourselves in a season right now where everybody seems kind of bent on, on arguing and disagreeing and, and, and kind of finding themselves on the winning side of a debate instead of truly being thankful for relationship and community and dialogue and the ability to come together and have spirited conversations and maybe even disagree. But I think when we come to the table with an attitude of thanksgiving, maybe we won't see the need to disrespect one another or to make light of people. You know, in this, in this season, our ability to, to live with an attitude of thanksgiving is, is being tested, and it seems like at every angle. You know, as we, as we face shortages, and, and, you know, some of them are hitting a little closer to home than others. You know, I don't know about you, but Gretchen and I have gone to Costco twice now to try and get toilet paper, and uh, we've been unsuccessful both times. So now we're trying to get a little bit more tech savvy, and I think we're going to order online, see if that works. But the real, I mean, can we all agree when you need toilet paper, you need toilet paper? Right? Maybe there's just an urgency in our home. But we're facing shortages all over the place, and it seems like everything that you find yourself needing is not available. And yet, we still have to find our opportunities to be grateful. You know, it reminds me of the lady who found herself picking through the frozen turkeys at the grocery store in preparation for Thanksgiving. But she couldn't find one big enough for her family. And so frustrated, she asked the stock boy, do these turkeys get any bigger? And the stock boy answered with a confused look on his face, no ma'am, they're They're dead. You know, maybe, maybe just maybe you find yourself in a similar place in life where everything that you are striving to find and need and desiring to get is not available or just not maybe exactly what you were hoping for. And we find ourselves in life at times a bit frustrated, maybe confused, maybe even just a little bit disappointed with what life is throwing at us. And the reality becomes we have a choice to make in every situation, whether or not we're going to be thankful or whether or not we're going to be frustrated and walk through life disappointed. You know, the interesting thing is a lack of thankfulness will quickly move us to a point of distorted view of life. When we cease to be thankful in life, we will begin to see the world through a very skewed lens. We'll find ourselves frustrated. We'll, we'll be disappointed. We'll be bitter. We'll be upset and easily angered. And when we fail to begin each day with that attitude of thanksgiving and gratitude, the pressures, the worries, the concerns of life will change our view of the world and will leave us upset will leave us in a place where we have really no desire to show thankfulness. 
I think we can all agree that there's seasons of life where it's more difficult to be thankful. You know, we see this, this theme in Scripture and, you know, the, the idea is what we just kind of just, you know, skip through the daisies and, hey, I'm just thankful for everything. But the reality becomes it's, it's tough sometimes to be thankful. Sometimes there's stuff that hits, hits us in life that, that, that causes us to be rocked. And there are most certainly seasons of life where being thankful is the last thing on earth we want to do. Seasons of lack, financial hardship. Sometimes maybe we, we feel like we don't have any time. We wish there was 25 hours in the day because we just don't have time. We don't have time to do the things that we want to do or the things that we need to do. But it seems like the harder we work, the less time there is. And there's seasons of loss. This has been a, a difficult season for many as, as we've grieved and mourned the loss of people we love. And this has certainly been a season of loss when it comes to relationships. Family members who are at odds with different beliefs and thoughts about the things that we're all enduring through this pandemic. People on different sides of the political aisle who've ceased to be friends because of something they believe. And there's a loss that we experience. Seasons of waiting. That time spent waiting for the promises of God or, or maybe somebody made a promise to us and it's unfulfilled. They've not followed through. They've not held up their end of the bargain. Those seasons of waiting for a relationship to come to fruition. I want, I want to find my soulmate. I want to find that person that I could spend the rest of my life with. And it's not translated to what we had hoped we haven't found Mr. Right or Miss Right. I guess we yeah, know how that works. Or perhaps it's a season of waiting for a child. That promise of a child. That promise of a family. And we find ourselves waiting. And it's a struggle. You know, Gretchen and I have, have walked through some good times and some not so great times, some some mountaintop experiences and some some times when I wouldn't even say we were walking through a valley, we were just walking through hell. And I can remember one of the, one of the seasons that was the most difficult for us was when we had made the decision to step into full time ministry. I had a great job. I was working for a company and, and making good money in Southern California. And we made the decision to come back to Oregon to pursue the call of ministry. We went into a, a local church and took a full-time pastoring position there as a staff pastor. And Gretchen, was, was, we had chosen to have Gretchen stay home. Our kids were small. They were still very little. And so she was caring for our children. And that season for us, proved to be one of the most financially difficult seasons that we've ever faced in our time of marriage together. And we literally found ourselves serving the church day after day after day, hours and hours and hours. I was putting in late nights coming home to an exhausted wife and mom. We found ourselves financially strapped to the place where we couldn't even afford 
to put the food on the table that we needed to for our kids. We found ourselves in, in the, the grocery food pantry line at our own church, which was difficult and embarrassing. And I can remember the morning that I, that I went outside to get in the car to go to the church. And I walked outside and our van was gone. And I remember thinking, somebody stole our van. And I ran inside and I told Gretchen, I think somebody ripped off our van. And we were panicked and we were worried and we were concerned and we were just about to pick up the phone to call the police to report it as I started to go through my brain and, and try and remember when we had made the last payment on our van, only to realize that our van had been repossessed. And it was one of the lowest moments for me as a husband and as a father, feeling like I couldn't provide for our family and struggling with the reality of what we were facing. And we were so grateful to have a family and people around us who rallied around us to help us through that season but it was tough. And at times, we couldn't see a way forward. We couldn't see any hope. The truth is that getting stuck in a place of being unable to find anything with which to be thankful will eventually give us a view of life that it's just an ongoing series of disappointments. That life is just, you live, you die, at some point in the middle, you pay taxes, and that's really just it. There's nothing else to be excited about. And sometimes that's what life can feel like when we cease to be thankful. The challenge is understanding that the blessings of God must not be taken for granted. There are so many things in life that we are blessed with and yet oftentimes we look at the things that we don't have. We look at the things that we're striving for, or praying for, or pursue, pursuing after, and we focus our attention on those things and we lose sight of what God is doing in a moment. We lose sight of what God is doing in the small things. Because every one of us at some point will face the loss, the disappointment, the hurt, the struggle that inevitably comes in life. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. Take heart, I've overcome the world. At times we forget that there's going to be seasons of struggle. There's going to be times where we can't see which end is up and it seems like everything's going the wrong direction. The key is understanding we can't simply take God's goodness and grace for granted. We can't say, well, God, you're here, but only in the good times. You seem to just take off and go on vacation when I'm struggling. Now, we can, we can thank God daily for a myriad of small but major blessings. Right? When we're in our lowest moment, we can say, God, thank you for the breath in my lungs. Thank you for another moment of life. We can thank God for the, the loved ones that surround us, the people that come around us in our toughest of times to care for us and to lift us. We can thank God for a roof over our heads or a meal 
can thank God for the gift of forgiveness and salvation. So often we get focused on the things that we need and want and desire in life and we lose sight of what God has already done and what He's desiring to do. Here's the reality, church. If we can't thank God for the small blessings of life, how can we ever expect Him to do something great, something impossible? God's greatest desire is that we would meet every moment with gratitude. So today I want to take a a look at a story in Scripture that that really exemplifies God's power and His blessing and Jesus' ministry. And I want to take a look at the correct and incorrect response in this particular situation. Our text today is found in Luke chapter 17, starting in verse 11. If you have your Bibles, you can... Flip there and follow along. If you don't, you can find our scriptures and our notes on the Version Bible app. Just search events and you'll find Neighborhood Church. But Luke chapter 17, starting in verse 11, says, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master! Have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except for this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. Would you pray with me? Father God, we we thank you that you desire to be the answer in every situation that we face in life. God, we thank you for your goodness and your greatness and your power at work in our lives. We thank you that we can depend on you in, in anything. And Father, that You show up at just the right moment. Even when we are far off in life, God, You call to us. You tell us that You love us. Today, Father, help us to understand that love. Help us to embrace Your plan and Your purpose for our lives. Help us to understand what it means to live our life with thankfulness and the power that lies in that decision. God, we give You Thanks today, and we ask your blessing on our time together in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, there's an interesting truth that's found in this passage of Scripture. It's that God not only deserves our thanks, but He also desires it. Did you read that in the passage? That as Jesus is faced with this opportunity to speak life, to touch and heal and cleanse the lepers. He makes a decision to heal them. And then we see this this response of thankfulness and I'm just going to go on my merry way because that's what you were supposed to do, Jesus. 
You know, when we, when we read Luke 17.11, this story of healing and redemption, redemption brings into focus two important truths. The first is that Jesus cares for those who are in pain and need a touch. Jesus was literally on His way to Jerusalem. He's, he's en route. And He sees these lepers off in the distance. And instead of just passing by and ignoring them or acting like he doesn't notice them, he looks and from a distance they say, have mercy on us. And Jesus meets their need and heals them right then and there. He went out of his way to acknowledge and meet their need. The second truth is that the appropriate response to Jesus is one of faithful recognition and gratitude that we should be willing to acknowledge what God has done and is doing in our lives and we should acknowledge it verbally we should acknowledge it with thanksgiving with gratitude with a willingness to say God thank you for showing up in my circumstance thank you for being with me in the midst of this have you ever done something kind for someone and you weren't given any thanks for it. Really cool feeling, isn't it? We talked about it a week or two ago. You open up a door and somebody just walks through and doesn't really acknowledge you're there. You're just kind of a human-sized, you know, life-sized doorstop. It's always a great feeling. Like, hey, remember me? And it's 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 interesting. I mean, you you, you go you know you go up to the you know, the, the handicap button door that, that's a little harder to pull open, you know, and you, you crank it open and somebody just walks through and kind of ignores you there. It's like, do you know the amount of effort it took to open that door? I'm not as strong as I used to be. Maybe never was, I don't know. We don't, go, we don't, we don't do things in life so that we can be acknowledged and, you know, have parades thrown for us. But there's something to be said of, of experiencing a simple thanks. Because that simple thanks can make all the difference in the world. A, a, a thank you. Thank you for, for, for holding that door. A, you know, a, a server at a restaurant who goes above and beyond and, and, and we say thank you. Thank you for a wonderful meal. Or we go and we tell the manager that person needs a raise because they're doing an incredible job. There's something to be said of showing gratitude. I don't know about you, but maybe you've found yourself less desiring to do something for someone because they didn't show thanks. I can remember when I was, when I was young, my, my dad used to call himself the ATM machine because I'd go up to him and be like, Dad, I need some money. And he's like, what do I look like, an ATM machine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was times that I was thankful and times I'm sure I was not. And I have to think in the back of my mind that my dad at times probably was like, yeah, I got your, got your cash right here for you. But there was probably times it was harder because there was this expectation that, you know, I'm just going to go to dad, he'll give me 20 bucks. The reality is there's always opportunities for us to be grateful. There's always opportunities for us to show thanksgiving or thankfulness 
But there's also consequences to not living with an attitude of thankfulness. We can see in Scripture that, that when we don't choose to be thankful, it can change the way we see the world. It can change our heart. Romans chapter 1, verse 21 says, For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were what? Darkened. I don't know a lot, but I don't think a darkened heart's a good thing. Could be wrong. It seemed to work for the Grinch for a little while. I don't know about you, but I don't want when I leave this earth and people come together to talk about my life for them to go, you know what? I like that Dan. He had a dark heart. The reality is, when we don't show thankfulness, it changes our heart. It changes our view of the world. It changes our ability to show grace and love and empathy. Because all of a sudden, our heart has become hardened. And we've come to this place where it doesn't matter what anybody says or does. The world's just a big disappointment. When we don't praise God and thankfulness for what he's done in our lives we are in essence saying we're okay without god i got this i'll just do it myself because life's just been a big fat disappointment to now so i'll just go about this myself and it'll all be fine i've had moments in my life where i've i've tried to live on my own i've tried to figure it out on my own and i'm going to tell you right now it's been a big fat because I'm just not good enough. I'm not smart enough. And God's plan and His purpose for my life and for yours is so much greater than anything we can see in the natural. And He truly desires to fulfill His promises in your life. But we have to come to that place of understanding the power of thanksgiving. The truth is every one of us has been created to give thanks and glory to God. Do you understand that? God created us for His glory. That we would live our lives in such a way that would point people to Him. That the things that we say and the things that we do would reflect that One who's made us in His image. But it's a choice. And when you walk through life with an awareness of of God's love and His blessings, thankfulness just becomes the natural response. Right? When we forget to be thankful, then our heart becomes dark. And then everything that comes out of us is dark. And everything that comes out of us is a spew of bitterness and anger and resentment and nonsense. But when we choose to acknowledge who God is, when we choose to acknowledge His blessings in our life, then there's only one thing that can come out of us. It's worship. It's praise. 
Not just when we come into the church and you know, we sing songs and we lift up our hands. No, no. In every moment of every day. God is good. You know, we have this little cliche we talked about in our Christian cliche series. God is good all the time. Yeah, right. We say it. It's, it's great. It makes us feel good inside. And yet, how often do we not live our lives really, truly believing that God is good all the time? And that all the time, no matter what's going on, He's still good. When we walk through life knowing that God is doing what He says He will do, there's nothing else that we would want to do but, but praise Him. It should bring us to a place of understanding that a thankful heart will daily unlock the power of God in your life and in mine. When we have thankfulness as our first response, as our first decision, when we wake up in the morning and maybe we don't feel quite up to the day, but instead we say, God, I love you and I thank you for another day. Changes the whole equation. It unlocks the power of God in our lives. But the need is to intentionally begin each day with a heart of thanksgiving. We have to make a decision. As I'll tell you right now, there's plenty of days that I wake up and kind of roll off the bed and flop onto the floor and I'm like, okay, here we go again. It's going to be a great day. Yeah. We got any Eeyores in the house? Where's my tail? I can't find my tail. We have a decision. We have a choice. We can either choose to acknowledge God and His desire, or we can choose not to. But when we give thanksgiving first, the power of God will come alive. Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 4, says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What an incredible passage of Scripture. It's interesting, we often like to start with verse 6. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Blah, 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 blah. We like to start right there. Don't worry. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Don't be anxious about anything. But is that where we're supposed to start? I mean, do we wake up in the morning and go, don't be anxious, don't be anxious, don't be anxious, don't be anxious, don't be anxious. And everything just changes and magically the world comes alive and it's, you know, the movie Enchanted, everybody just sings and dances around and there's little, you know, cartoon birds flying around your head. No. We can't talk ourselves into being not anxious. It says, Rejoice. That's the first response. You wake up and you say, God, I love you and I worship you. 
God, you're great. You are who you say you are. Your promises are yes and amen. When was the last time you woke up and you spoke Scripture? You, you spoke the promises of God. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Now, I'm no like brain surgeon, you know, theologian, scholar, but I do know that when somebody says something twice, usually it means it's important. Either that or they just like to repeat themselves. But I'm pretty sure in this instance that Paul, when he was speaking to the church in Philippi, was trying to make a point. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Do you think it's because they were all just rejoicing? I'm pretty sure they probably weren't. And that was why he was emphasizing it. And so we need to take that. Rejoice. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all because the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God. Not only is God's power unlocked in your life and in your circumstances, but you will experience peace. And according to Paul, peace that transcends anything you can understand. This is the kind of peace that when you walk through life and everything's falling apart and the walls are falling in and there's not enough bank account left for the month, your relationships are, are, are being torn apart at the seams, the doctor's report is not good, peace. Peace. That when people look at you, they say, how in the world are you able to walk through this situation? Everything's falling apart. How do you have any hope? My hope's in God. My hope's in the fact that he's got it. When I get that doctor's report, and it's not what I had hoped for, we know at worst, if I die, I'm going to be with my Savior. That's hope. That's peace. Peace that surpasses understanding. And the beauty is that the Spirit of God will begin to empower you to overcome the things that the world, the things that the enemy of your soul would want to throw at you. The Spirit of God will give you power, power over anxiety and depression. Those things that will want to come in and and darken your heart and take your joy away and strip away any hope that you might have. The Holy Spirit will give you power over constant worry. Incessant worry. I can't I can't even see straight because I'm worrying so much. It's literally gripping me to the point where I can't even get out of bed. I don't want to go outside the house. The Spirit of God will give you power over that kind of worry. The Spirit of God will give you power over your response to life circumstances. When life throws you something that you can't stand on your own, the Holy Spirit will be with you will help you 
walk through it. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean it's not going to be without emotional grief and loss. It just means that God will bring you through it. It's the old cliche, if God brings you to it, he'll bring you through it. Should have probably done that one in that series. But here's the question. Would you rather live your life in your own strength or have the power of the Holy Spirit at work in and through you every day? Would you like to do it on your own and see how that goes? Or know that God is in control? You know, the supernatural peace that surpasses all understanding, the, the, the kind of peace that Paul's talking about is available to you if you start each day by simply saying, thank you, God. Thank you. Your eyes open up and you sit up in your bed and you say, thank you, God. It's not a complicated couple of words. Thank you. God, thank you. Thank you for being with me. Thank you that you never leave me or forsake me. Thank you that you're my provider. You're my protector. You're my healer. You're my source. God, thank you. But it's a decision. We've got to come to that place of being willing to engage our day with a thankful heart. Here's the amazing part. When a community moving together in thanksgiving starts to take hold, it will transform the very fabric of our society. You make the decision in your own life and you unlock the power of the Holy Spirit. We make the decision collectively to walk in thanksgiving and to proclaim God's goodness. Everything changes. Can you imagine what it would be like if churches would say, our declaration is going to be of God's goodness. We're going to share hope everywhere we go. No matter what the situation is, at work, at home, in my neighborhood, in my city, in the grocery store, if we made the decision to be thankful. Because there's great power when one of us engages the power of thanksgiving. But how much more would we see the Holy Spirit awaken a revival in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our city, if we all made that decision? You know, at Neighborhood Church, over the years, we've, we've sung uh, this song, the doxology, in the midst of worship. It's probably one of the greatest and, and, and most well-known hymns that's been written. And it was written by an Anglican bishop by the name of Thomas Ken. It was written in 1674, if you can believe that. And the words of the doxology are pretty simple. And if you've been in church for very long, you, you know these words. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here and below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, 
and Holy Ghost. Praise Him. You know, Thomas Ken wrote this hymn as part of a, a, a manual of prayers for his, his students. He was a professor at Winchester College. And he instructed his students that they should read this doxology and sing it every morning and evening with full devotion to God. And it's truly a, a declaration of how we're called to live our lives. Praise Him. No matter what's going on, praise Him. No matter what you're facing, praise Him. No matter what the doctor says, praise Him. We have to make the decision. What if we started and ended each day with a heart of thanksgiving and devotion to God? What if we woke up and said, God, I praise you. And right before we laid our heads down on the pillow at night, we said, God, I praise you and I thank you for another day. Another day to proclaim you. Not to live for myself. Not to chase my own dreams. But to truly understand who you are. And understand not just how much you love me, but how much you love everyone that I meet. How different would our world look if we made the decision to give praise and honor to the one to whom praise and honor is due. There is nobody else on this earth that deserves our praise. None. Yeah. Do I like you all? Yeah. I mean, for the most part. But there's only one who deserves our praise. The Bible says if we don't praise him, the rocks will cry out. He's gonna get he's gonna get worshiped. I'd much rather it come from us. I'd much rather our church, our community of believers, be one that is pointing people to Him. That is desiring that God would be seen for who He is. A loving God who desires blessing for each and every one of us. A loving God who has a plan and a purpose for you and for me. But we have to make the decision. Would you stand to your feet this morning as we pray? Father God, we love you. And we thank you that you desire relationship. That you loved us so much that you were willing to send your son to die on a cross, to rise again on the third day so that we could have life, so that we could have relationship. And I thank you, Father, that we have so much to be thankful for. I, I, God, I, I pray that we would acknowledge you first. Your strength, your love, your provision, your healing, your peace, all those things that you provide us that too often we just blow right past. Oh God, that we would be those who proclaim you 
each and every day. That we wouldn't get caught up in the pressures of life. But amidst those pressures, we would know that you are God, that you are in control, and that you are walking with us through it. Father, help us. Forgive us for those times when we've lost sight and we've lost focus of everything that you've done. And we've only been focused on the things that we want or hope or desire for. Forgive us, Lord. Because you deserve our praise. You deserve our praise in the morning and you deserve it again at night. And every moment in between. Help us to see this world through your eyes. Help us to see our lives through your eyes. And God, as we begin to trust you in that and thank you in that, we know that you'll give us eyes to see the needs of others and to serve them well. So Father, we commit ourselves to you again today and we thank you for who you are. You know, this morning, perhaps you find yourself in a, in a spot where you've not made a decision to follow Jesus with your whole heart. Perhaps you, you have gone through life and it's been a series of disappointments. I'm here to tell you that is not God's plan. That is not what He desires for you. He desires to walk with you through every moment of every day to be your source of strength, to be your source of hope, to be the peace surpasses anything we can understand. It's the most important decision we can make in life, but it is also the most simple of decisions to lay down our hopes and our dreams, to surrender ourselves to God's plan, and to know that He desires that we would have life and life more abundant. So this morning, if, if you have a desire to make that decision, to choose to follow Jesus today, we want to give you that opportunity. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and we believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. It's that simple. And so we're going to pray a prayer as we do each week. And we're going to pray it together. Because this is a decision that, that, that some of us have made. For some, it was many years ago. But the acknowledgement of who God is and our need of Him in our lives is something we should do daily. So if you'd like to make that decision today, would you say this prayer with us? And church, can we say it together not to single anybody out? Say, Father God, please forgive me. I've sinned and I've made a lot of mistakes. I believe your son Jesus Christ came to this earth to show me how to live. And he died and was raised back to life so that I could have a relationship with you. I ask you today to come into my heart and to be the Lord of my life. Change the things in me I can't change as I choose to live for you today. 
In Jesus' name, amen. It's the greatest decision that we can make. And if you've made that decision today, we have some connection cards in the seat in front of you or out in the lobby. If you're tuning in online, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us or type something into the chat. Just simply say, I made a decision to follow Jesus today. We want to reach out to you. We want to connect with you, get you a Bible, begin to take those next steps in your journey of faith. But here's the reality, church. We have a choice every day. To either acknowledge God and His plan and His purpose and thank Him for the gift of salvation, for the gift of relationship, or we can choose just to go about our day. I'm telling you right now, if we acknowledge Him, if we embrace His love, we embrace His purpose, we will be able to walk with peace no matter what comes at us. So as we go out of this place, let's make that decision to thank God daily for what he's doing, what he's done, and what he has yet to do. God bless you as you go. Let's go out of this place. Let's continue in every moment to be the neighborhood. If you're going to be joining us for membership class, it's going to be in the commons here in just a few minutes. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.